WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Howdy, folks. So, I'm back here again for another episode on the road to WrestleMania 38. And, yeah, it seems like I'm doing these uh, episodes uh, less frequent, uh, I guess, less frequently than I'd like. Um, And it's just because, I guess, like like I've said in a few episodes here lately, is I'm kind of, like, disappointed with the way things are going uh, as far as WWE is concerned. Um, As you guys know, probably in the past, if you've listened to, you know, some of my episodes or most of my episodes, I always try to find the positive in everything. Like, I always try to often play devil's advocate and, you know, just come up with different, I guess, ways of understanding whether I agree with the way something somewhere, you know, the way an angle is going or the way a storyline is going. You know, I usually try to find the positive in it, or I usually try to find the explanation as to why they're doing it. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it's getting a little more difficult as we go. Um, now, I, before anybody says anything, I am not really on the AEW, uh, I guess, train or whatever. I'm not really on that. I'll be completely honest. I don't really watch AEW. The only AEW uh, episode I think that I watched in its entirety um, was the AEW Rampage episode when uh, CM Punk came back. Um, but I haven't seen any AEW pay-per-views other than the highlights maybe I see on social media. Even when I watch, uh, even when I see highlights of Dynamite and, and Rampage, other than the one I just mentioned, um, I usually see the highlights like on social media. So this is me, I, and like I said, I know not every fan falls into this category. In fact, there's a lot of different wrestling fans in the in the IWC that fall in a lot of different categories. Um, and, you know, the great thing is, is that even though a lot of people in the IWC might disagree with me on this, um, I don't feel like anybody's really wrong in their opinions, because how can opinions really be wrong? You know what I mean? Um, now, granted, there might be some wrestling fans out there I wholeheartedly disagree with. There might be some ones that I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, but at the end of the day, they're all just opinions, right? I mean, unless you're a particular person that either does a podcast or a video cast, whatever you do on YouTube, uh, you know, a platform like I'm on right now that maybe has insider information, which I'm sure they're out there, you know, and, and maybe you have an insider's look at what's going on then you might have a more, a little bit more, your opinions might be more knowledgeable than somebody else's opinion. I've always claimed that obviously I'm not an insider. I don't know anybody in the business. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know anything. All I am is a fan. I just come on here and I tell you my opinions. If you agree with them, great. If you don't agree with them, great. I'm okay with that. You know, equal opportunity. Um, and like I said, I, I, the one thing I like to do with fans that I, disagree with or that I don't share the same opinion with is that I like to ask them questions, you know, and I'm not necessarily trying to tell you you're wrong when you're, when I'm asking you these questions, but like, if you tell me something that says, you know, like, let's say, let's just throw something out there. There's first name that comes to my mind. Let's just say somebody says Roman Reigns sucks. You know, let's say somebody says that, right? 
So my first question is, okay, well, how, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like Roman Reigns, you know, sucks? Why do you feel that way? And then I'm going to pay attention, obviously, to your answers. And maybe you have a very good answer. Maybe you think, um, well, you know what? I don't think his promos are that strong. And then I'll keep going with it. I'll be like, okay, well, give me a particular example where you thought his promo wasn't very strong, you know, or his promo skills or whatever. Like, I'll just keep going like that and that. Like, I won't blatantly just tell somebody, oh, you're you're dumb, you're stupid, you know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm never going to be the person that's going to do that. I, I'm just not, like I said, some wrestling fans out there might like my approach. Some of them might not. Okay. But that's just who I am. And that's all I'm ever going to be is I'm just going to be myself. So, but anyway, I didn't want to get off on a tangent about myself necessarily. So, uh, but anyway, the point of my story is, is that I personally feel in my opinion that the WWE, um, I guess, I guess the road to WrestleMania especially has been a little bit rough. As I said in my last episode, um, there's some creative ways that are going. Uh, and oh yeah, by the way, uh, like I said, I'm not very, I don't have a back, a good, uh, background in sound if you're listening to this later. Um, so if you hear a little bit of construction going on outside, uh, through my microphone here, um, they're building some condos right next to literally right next to my, uh, right next to my house. So, um, so if you hear that, I apologize. I actually chose this day to kind of do it cause it's on the weekend and hopefully they were going to be a little bit quieter, but it seems like, uh, people decide to work on a Sunday today. So, so just to let y'all know, um, so if you hear something on it, hopefully this microphone is pretty good where you're not going to hear a lot, but in case you do, uh, that's why you hear it. So just thought I might duly note that, uh, if you don't hear it, great. That means I invested in a great microphone and Hey, I got my money's worth, you know? So there you go. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to what I was saying. So I, like I said, I think this road to WrestleMania has been kind of rough, right? Um, and it's really, to be honest with you, since I kind of took my two hiatuses since last survivor series, um, WWE has not really rubbed me the right, right way. Um, as many people know, the hype for Survivor Series was not all that great um, because, let's face it, based on what I said in one of my episodes around that time, is Survivor Series has just become a brand versus brand invitational. That's all it's become. Um, some of the some of the earlier Survivor Series in history, you know, they had some marquee matches on it. You know, the Montreal Screwjob happened at Survivor Series. Um, the Rock, you know, his very first WWE Championship was won at Survivor Series. The Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series. Uh, lots of monumental moments happened at this pay per view, but now this pay per view has been kind of there it's now become like i said an insignificant brand versus brand invitational because really all it is is they put the champions versus the champions on each brand and what do they really do you you're telling me it's for brand supremacy especially when the brands don't even go against each other anymore like it's one of those things where you know it's it's just insignificant because it's the only time of year that the brands really go up against each other other than the big four. But really, when you think about it, are they really going up against each other? Not really. Not really. I mean, it's not like they're having interpromotional matches at the other uh, major three pay-per-views like, you know, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, even WrestleMania and Royal Rumble. They're not really having matches like that. The only I mean, yeah, the Royal Rumble is kind of interpromotional inter or interbrand because it's got Raw and SmackDown superstars. But that's really it. It's really it. So anyway, like I said, Survivor Series, kind of a dud, uh, if you ask me, in 2021. 
Royal Rumble, which is honestly, ladies and gentlemen, my uh, my favorite pay per view of the year, uh, because like I said, it's 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 one of those pay per views that I used to think was very uh, unpredictable. It was kind of exciting. It had some great moments, but I got to be honest with you, this Royal Rumble, um, not all that great to me. Uh, like I said in the last episode. It uh it it really didn't provide any surprises. Like there were hardly any surprise entrants in the Royal Rumble, in both of them, the men and the women. Um, and I pretty much had an idea of who was going to win each each uh each Royal Rumble uh, match before the match even started. You know, like you already had a great idea of who was going to win those. Um, then you get to Elimination Chamber, eh is what it is uh not a i won't say it was a terrible pay-per-view it wasn't it had some good moments in it but um the the kind of booking didn't make any sense like it like for instance they you know they had uh the whole thing with brock lesnar where he lost the title at uh where he won the title at day one lost the title at royal rumble and then won it back at elimination chamber and now he's going on to WrestleMania to rest Roman Reigns for the unification match. To me, I think that, I mean, I know, I know WWE said in a lot of news reports that they were going to have some twists and turns, but to me, these weren't really great twists and turns. I mean, because to be honest with you, I mean, there's only probably on the roster right now, there's probably only two people that can take that WWE title off of Roman, uh, off of Brock Lesnar and one of them's Roman Reigns and the other one's Brock. Le- I mean, uh, Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley even needed Roman's help. So, so it's not like, you know, it's not like this was all that unpredictable. You know what I mean? Is, is the way they did it. Um, also I think by giving Brock the Royal rumble win in the manner that he got it, I think it kind of, uh, it kind of, I don't know, it it, it, uh, it decreased the value, maybe, of the Royal Rumble match winner this year. I feel like it did, because one way or another, I think we were getting Roman versus, uh, Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania, so I'm not even sure that he needed to win the Royal Rumble to actually get that match, because I think Roman wanted him in that match anyway. Roman wanted him to go to WrestleMania with him, so... I mean, but I mean, I guess the way that they played it, where they took the title off of him, where it was title versus title. But but see, that's the other thing. I can talk in circles around this. And basically, at the end of the day, if they had just kept the title on Brock and left it on there and just made it a title versus title match, they could have actually picked somebody else to win the Royal Rumble. They could have been built up and maybe... Like I said, I remember there were some wrestling creators I sa- I saw that said online that maybe they could have the night one, the main event be Brock versus Roman for the unification match, and then the Royal Rumble winner would take on the winner of that match on night two. So I, I kind of like that idea. I thought that would kind of been an, a nice change of pace, a nice you know uh, a, a nice escape from the status quo that we've been getting lately. And but like I said, it didn't happen that way. So. I don't know. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I mean, I guess you could, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You could say all these ways they could have done it. But again, like I said, in my opinion, I don't think, like I said, this has been a great last few months for WWE as far as, uh, uh, as far as booking is concerned. Now, matches in the ring between superstars, phenomenal. Like they always are. I always enjoy the matches. Lots of good excitement when you when you get them in there for the actual match. But a- again, like I've said many times, I believe 
you know, character development and a storyline behind these matches, I'm sorry, it plays a factor. It plays a factor in these matches. It makes you more invested if you have a story between it. Yeah, you can go up and you can go out there and watch a match between two superstars and it'd be a great match because, you know, most of the superstars, if not all of them, are, are very athletically gifted. But at the same time, if you don't, if we don't have a storyline behind it, if we don't have some kind of personal animosity or something like that, or some just personal rivalry or competition-wise or whatever, friendly competition even, you're you're just not going to be into the match, really. You know what I mean? You're not going to be into. You're not going to be as invested in the match as you could be. Okay. So, and like I said, uh, like I said, I just told you Survivor Series was kind of a disappointment. Royal Rumble was kind of a disappointment. WrestleMania is kind of turning out to be a little bit of a disappointment to me as well. And the reason I say that is, is I'm looking here at the card. Now, right now they have what is it's like 10 or 11 matches right now already on the card. And the reason I say 10 or 11, because technically on this match card, I do have that, that RK bro is going to fight somebody for those tag team titles at WrestleMania. But when you really think about it, who are they going to fight? There's hardly any tag teams left on raw or SmackDown. If for that matter. Okay. So the Street Profits have, have been playing this little thing for a little while that says that they never technically lost the Raw Tag Team Championships because all they did was hand them off to the New Day when they exchanged titles a couple years ago after the uh, after the WWE draft, which is technically true. So they would be a team you could take on. But what? But the other thing is I'm thinking about afterwards too. If if RK Bro, regardless whether RK Bro or the Street Profits win this match at WrestleMania, where do you go from there? It's not like you have any other uh, tag teams to really uh, to really compete. You know what I mean? So, like, um, the other thing they could do is, you know, you know, they had the the triple threat match for the tag team championships on Raw this past Monday, and you know, or not this, not the, yeah, I think it was it this past Monday. I think it was this past Monday. Yes, I'm, I'm getting all my Mondays are kind of going in and out of here. But anyway, so they said that you know they had it between Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. The uh, the Academy, I, I forget what what is the Academy's name now, but Otis and Chad Gable, and then I also I always want to call him Alpha Academy, but that was Jason Jordan and Chad uh, Gable, so I forget what they call. Uh, I think it's just the Academy. I think if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know. I always forget that name for some reason. And then it was between you know RK Bro, and obviously RK Bro ended up winning the tag team championships again. So all they could really do was, you know, the Academy could just cash in their rematch clause and just get the match at WrestleMania and perhaps just add a little bit of spice to it, like I said, put in the Street Profits for a triple threat match. Um, But, you know, what I thought would have maybe ended up better is Seth Rollins and maybe Kevin Owens winning the titles, and then you could actually put RK-Bro in that match because let's say they don't take the pinfall. Let's say it's the Academy that takes the pinfall. Then RK-Bro could argue that they didn't lose the match. Uh, because they never got pinned, so they could be entered in the match. Then you can have the academy say, "Well, we want a rematch clause because we lost the match." So they get there, and then you could still add the tri- uh, the street profits in there. And there you go; you have a fatal four way right there. Now, not to say that would be that much better, but like I said, it would be better than I think the situation we have right now. And like I said, it's kind of it's kind of sad in itself that right now those are really the only the four tag teams that I can list. They're actually on Monday Night Raw. And I'm thinking here going forward, probably Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens aren't going to be a tag team anymore, probably probably for too much longer, if not at all now. So it's really three tag teams on Raw. And 
SmackDown, not much better. You got the Usos, who before Friday night didn't have any challengers for WrestleMania because they totally, I don't know what they were thinking when they did the stuff with the Viking Raiders. I mean, what happened there? I mean, first of all, they fly halfway across the world uh, to have a match over there, only for the match to end after a, what was it, a five, ten second uh you know, attack by the Usos and then the match never got underway. I mean, I literally blinked and I thought I'd missed the match. I mean, it was that crazy. And then they come over here and they had a, I mean, they had an okay match on SmackDown, I guess, but really, I mean, that was over like in, I mean, with the snap of my fingers, that was over that, that rivalry was over. So you've almost like, okay, can you put really the Viking Raiders back in the title picture at this point, since they've technically just been, I guess if you want to call it, they've been owned by the uh, Usos, you know? So, which kind of, it's kind of interesting that, that that's the way it went down. But anyway, so now the only team they really had left who really isn't, I mean, I don't really consider them a tag team, even though they've been together for a while, but they really, if you really think about it, they, they've only wrestled it as a tag team only a handful of times, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boos. And now they're going to get the title match at WrestleMania. Now, no disrespect to those guys, but still, I mean, you're if if your first choice for the number one contendership is Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, then you don't really have a tag division on SmackDown. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Now, I, I'm I'm glad that these two guys are getting an opportunity. I, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they are, but it's almost like I want the same thing to happen with the SmackDown tag titles as I do the raw tag titles and that I want it to be a multiple team match and not a, just a match with two teams. Right. So, but honestly, if we're thinking about it here, you know, you guys know this, I've been preaching this for, I don't, I, as long as I can remember since maybe I even started this podcast is that I'm in favor of ending the brand split, this version of the brand split. I am totally on board with ending it. Right. Because right now, first of all, how many how many superstars has WWE let go for whatever reason? I'm not I'm not here really on this episode to talk about, you know, debating the reasons of why they were let go. Uh, Maybe we can touch on that next in another episode. But regardless, for whatever reason, look how many superstars WWE has released over the last couple of years. Right. And like I said, I was looking through my little lists here and, you know, on Raw. There's probably only like 30 some wrestlers uh, for the male side. For the female side, there's like, you know, 12, 13, whatever, how many wrestlers there. Uh, for the SmackDown male superstars, there's like just under over 25. And, um, and for the females, there's like not even 10. I think there's like nine. And out of those lists, if you look at those lists, only about half of those wrestlers on each of those lists are even wrestling on the weekly uh, television shows of Raw and SmackDown. So, you know, so I don't know. It's just like one of those things where, you know, what's the, what's the point in having, what's the point in having the brand split split? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So, so basically I think they need to consolidate some of the titles and just in the brand split. The other one too is, you know, I was talking about the, the WWE title and the universal title. You know, they were, you know, they were talking about uh, unifying those titles and basically they are, they are already saying the rumors are is that, you know, even though they're going to unify the titles at WrestleMania, uh, basically after WrestleMania, whichever title they retire or whichever title they kind of absorb with the other title, which I'm guessing 
the WWE title is the one that's going to come out on top and the universal title is ultimately going to be absorbed or, or, um, or retired for, for that period of time, they're going to turn around and whatever the time period is after WrestleMania, they're going to turn around and crown a new universal champion, which is weird or new WWE champion. So they're going to keep the brand split, which doesn't make sense to me. Now they're going to argue it's because, you know, WWE is going to argue it's because, well, they have the two different shows on the two different networks and they also think it's better for scheduling purposes, you know, as far as touring around the world and stuff. Cause if they have two brands, they can tour to different places with different rosters. Well, yeah, you could do that when you had like a lot of people on each of the rosters. Like I remember looking at these rosters like months ago and there were like at least like, I don't know uh, if you combine the males and the females on each roster, they were almost a, they were almost close to, you know, 70, 80 superstars on each roster. And now you're barely telling me that there's not even like 40 on each. Right. And like I said, and, and you're not even using half of them. So, I mean, so I, I, it, some of the arguments just don't make sense. Right. So now if you wanted to, the only way I think the t- title for unification would match, and like I said, I'm not in favor of this, but I'm just saying this. The only way I'd be in favor of the title unification match and then them crowning a new champion for the other brand is like bring back the 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 gold belt, the uh, the world championship, the one they had for a long time, and they can award that title to somebody. But I wouldn't I wouldn't just unify two titles and then bring the same title back that you you know, spend so much to unify at WrestleMania. So I just think that's kind of silly. So, and, and, and again, let's talk about the, you know, the women's championships, same thing. You know, you've got only a handful of females on each roster, yet you've got two singles champions, raw women's champion and SmackDown women's champion. And you've also got uh WWE tag team champions for the, for the women as well. And how many tag teams right now are there for the women in WWE right now? There's only one, I think that's been together for more than six months. And it's actually the current champions. It's actually uh queen Zelina and Carmella. So, you know, and the, and these, cause think about it, their challengers so far, Sasha Banks and, and Naomi and uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Liv Morgan, they've only been put together in the last few weeks, couple weeks. So, you know, uh, and and I get, and I'm guessing the only reason they've made it a triple threat at this point is because they wanted ha- to have a challenge, uh, a team that challenged them from SmackDown and a team that challenged them from Raw, because obviously Sasha and and Naomi are from SmackDown, and uh, uh, Liv and Rhea, Rhea are from Raw. Now, obviously, Carmella and since they've been champions, Carmella and Zelina were from Raw, but since they've been champions, they've been able to bounce off to both shows. So, but again, needs to be unified. If you're going to have this little this little amount of superstars on each roster, there's no use in having. I mean, how many championships are in WWE right now? Okay, let's let's go down them real quick. And yes, I guess this. I guess you can say that this episode has become more about titles than the brand split than really the road to WrestleMania. Even though I'm kind of going down the card, but anyway, so you got the you got the WWE title, you got the Universal title, you've got the Raw Women's Championship, you've got the SmackDown Women's Championship, you've got the Raw Tag Team Championships, you've got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, you've got the uh, uh, you've got the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. You've got the Intercontinental title. You've got the uh, the United States title. 
you've got the 24-7 title. So really you've got 10, is it 10 titles? I think you've got 10 titles, right? And you used to have more than that because you had the, um, well, basically it's about, it's about four titles. It's about four titles per brand. And then you have the SmackDown and the 24, I mean, you got the women's tag team titles and the 24-7 championship that kind of, I guess, drift between both brands, even though technically the only time you ever see a 24-7 championship uh, it lately to me is on Raw. You never see it on SmackDown, really. So anyway, um, but yeah, you've got like 10 titles and it just, I think it just dilutes the the value of the title. So, um, and like I said, you don't even have strong divisions to go with any of those titles. I mean, look at what's happened to the Intercontinental title and the United States title. So, you know, you've got Finn Balor and Ricochet who have just been, you know, uh, crowned champions, you know, in the last couple of weeks here, last few weeks here, but the, the champions that had the belts before them didn't really do anything with the belt. I mean, how long did Shinsuke Nakamura have the intercontinental title and never defended it? <laughs> I mean, never, and then come to find out, we think that we thought we, uh, we come to find out, we heard he has, and we he had a hand injury for so long. Um, technically if, if a, I thought there was a rule that if a superstar didn't, uh, was not able to, um, you know, able to defend a title within a 30 day period, he had to be stripped of the title. He or she had to be stripped of the title. Apparently that rule just floats around when WWE wants to use it, I guess. I don't know. So, but like I said, uh, yeah, the titles and the, and the brand split, I, I think there needs to be a lot of title consolidations and there needs to be the brand split needs to end. I think now, do I think I'm going to get my wish? Probably not. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to continue on with the brand split. Um, unfortunately until I guess fans, you know, start really, really not just complaining about it, but starting to take action. Like, and the action I mean is, Hey, if you get fed up enough, you stop going to shows, you stop doing it. Now, do I think that'll ever happen? Probably not. I mean, they're probably not going to, WWE is probably not going to make a change unless they see a really, I hate to say it unless they see really some hurt in the wallet, you know what I mean? So I don't think they're going to do it now. Do we think now? And, and to be honest with you, and like I said, I go back to what I said at the beginning, you know, I don't think in my opinion, like I said, some people might disagree with me that are, that are in the internet, uh, that are in the internet wrestling community or the whatever they might disagree with me, but I feel like there's no really wrong opinions. We just all have different opinions. That's all. Some people might still really like the brand split. I personally don't. But, hey, maybe some people do. Um, the other thing is, too, I'll continue to go down the WrestleMania card. So you got, um, you know, so KO, you know, let's go back to Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins here for a minute. So they got they two things they're trying to concentrate on here now is, number one, they're saying Kevin Owens is now going to call out Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? So Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think they originally want him to do a match, I mean, does anybody realize that Stone Cold Steve Austin is almost 60 years old at this point? He's like 57 years old, 58 years old, right? And even he said, hey, you know, I'm 57, 58 years old. There's no way I'm getting in a ring and wrestling a match. You know, he's not doing it. So they ended up having, they're going to have some version of the KO show. And I'm sure Stone Cold is going to come out. Glass is going to break. Crowd's going to go wild. He's probably going to stun Kevin Owens. Crowd's going to go even more wild. And that's pretty much going to be the gist of it, really. But, and I heard, uh, I heard a couple of, you know, wrestling creators on social media say this a bit, is that people get wrapped up too much in the nostalgia act. 
Now, I, I'm a big fan of nostalgia, but I, I see what they're saying. You're right. I mean, and the way I look at it is I was having some conversations with some fellow, you know, wrestling uh, fans or whatever that I know. And basically, you know, I say, well, if you keep bringing back all these people that, you know, are, are headed to their golden years or something, like you you keep bringing back The Undertaker, you keep bringing back Stone Cold, you keep bringing back Goldberg, keep bringing back all these people, your current stars that are on the roster now are not being built into stars like a Stone Cold, like an Undertaker, like a Rock or something like that. So that when you get to this point where they're at the point where these superstars are now, you're going to bring those guys back for nostalgia matches and people are going to go, who? <laughs> you know, now I, I, I understand it's not quite that. It, that's a little bit of a hyperbole. I know some people are going to know who some of these wrestlers are. You know, I know like a lot of people are going to know who Dolph Ziggler is. I know a lot of people are going to know who um, The Miz is. I know a lot of people, I'm just going off names that I'm thinking about on top of my head. I know a lot of people, some people are going to know these wrestling names. But if you really think about it, are really a lot of mainstream fans going to know who these people are at this point? You know, if they if they're if their generation is not watching wrestling yet, you know what I mean? Are they going to know who these people are? Um you know, uh, us hardcore fans, yes, we're going to know it because we watch wrestling all the time. So we know who all these people are. But this mainstream, you know, thing that WWE is in, and I was I was having this thing too where with I was having this conversation with some wrestling fans too, is that, you know, unfortunately, hardcore fans are obviously your best wrestling fans, the ones that really love wrestling. They watch it all the time. They, get, they gain their knowledge out of it. But unfortunately they are not the majority fan fan base. It's not the, the hardcore wrestling fans are not the majority fan base. It's the mainstream fan base. That's the majority. It's the people who just like to watch wrestling, just to, you know, be entertained for a night of wrestling. You know, it's not these guys that, you know, string the shows together and try to figure out what kind of storylines going on, string the pay-per-views together to see, you know, follow careers of wrestlers and stuff like that. You know, these, the, the majority of the fans are the ones that pop when, like a mainstream wrestler comes out like Stone Cold or Undertaker and stuff. I'm sorry, but those are the mainstream those are the majority fan base. And you know, it it's it's a bummer sometimes, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Now, you know, does that mean I think that hardcore wrestling fans are not important? Of course not, because I'm one. I'm a, I'm a wrestling I'm a hardcore wrestling fan. I love I love to watch it. Um I obviously have not gotten as much into these other uh, promotions as I, I would like, you know, I haven't really, like I said, I haven't really watched a, a lot of AEW. I haven't really watched a lot of impact lately. I used to watch impact more when it was TNA. Um, I, there's some others I'm watching. I really have never really watched ring of honor. I maybe cause it, it comes on like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't subscribe to the honor club at all, but the only time I could catch ring of honor, it, it comes on like at midnight on like a Saturday or a Sunday night here where I live. And so, you know, if I catch it, I catch it. If I don't, I don't. So, you know, it's one of those things. So I don't really catch a lot of that. And of course they've been bought by AEW now. So we'll see what's going to go on with them going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but am I, am I, do I consider myself kind of a hardcore WWE guy? Yeah. Because I, like I said, I've been watching it for and following it for 20 plus years. So, um, but anyway, I know I've kind of gotten off kind of a tangent on that and stuff. So, but what I will say is, you know, the nostalgia act. So the, the reason I bring up that is because I believe, 
I believe this WrestleMania is not really, it's being more promoted as kind of like a, I don't even, I don't even know the word for it, but I mean, think about it. Okay. You got Stone Cold coming back to be on the Kevin Owens show. You've got Johnny Knoxville wrestling Sami Zayn. And thank goodness that was almost for the intercontinental title. (laughs) I mean, and thank goodness it's not, but it, it almost was right. Um, you got Pat McAfee, uh, which I, I love Pat McAfee. I, I'm a huge fan of his. But you got Pat McAfee wrestling, wrestling Austin Theory, which absolutely has no story to it because, number one, if you watch the interview between Pat McAfee and uh, Vince McMahon, they seem they, like they have a pretty good relationship, you know? And then all of a sudden on Friday night, the day after the, day after the interview aired, Austin Theory comes out and tells – you know, tells Pat McAfee that Vince McMahon hates his guts and that that's the reason he's putting him in the match because he wants Austin Theory to humiliate him and stuff like that. And I, <laughs> so I'm like, where did that all come from? Where Why didn't – they could have at least started that storyline in the interview, you know, kind of like what they did with Adam Cole years ago uh, when they tried to set up the whole rivalry between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, which I think was was greatly done. So I guess the main thing, the main issue I have with the whole Pat McAfee thing is not the fact that Pat McAfee is wrestling because I think – be honest with you, when Pat McAfee was going against Adam Cole, he really impressed me. I did, I didn't think that was going to turn out as good as it did. Um, but this absolutely, I don't think has any substance to it. Now, do I think it probably will be a good match? Probably so, because like I said, Pat McAfee has proved that he can do stuff in the ring. Austin Theory is always already good in the ring, um, even though you know he's he's kind of a green guy, but he's still he's still a good a great wrestler. So. I think it'll be a decent match. Do we know how many people will be invested in it? Because it really has a story that doesn't really make any sense at this point. Who knows? Who knows? So a lot of, lot of trivial, lot of, lot of trivial things going on with these matches. So real quick, what's on the thing going forward? Uh, you know, like I said, the, the road to WrestleMania this year is kind of rough <laughs> as the, as the title of my last episode was, but like I said, so you got, you know, the title unification match between Roman and Brock. You've got the Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. There you go. There's another sort of celebrity slash nostalgia. You got Ronda Rousey coming back. Now, when Ronda Rousey was here the first time, great. Her run in WWE was great. I thought I thought they built her character up great. I mean, it was it was it was it was a great experience. I, I think I think the first version of Ronda was great. Second version of Ronda, this version. Um, you're starting to see a little bit of the old Ronda and the more the weeks go by, but it just doesn't feel like it's, I, I don't feel like it's the same, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want it to be exactly the same as the first one. But what I'm saying is, cause that would just be, you know, you're just repeating yourself, but I feel like it kind of came forced. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, she came out of nowhere, won the rumble. I mean, and yeah, I, I guess it was believable cause she is Ronda Rousey, but still, she came out of nowhere, won, won the Rumble. Um, she Everybody expected her to challenge Becky because that actually has more of a personal story than her and Charlotte. I'm not saying her and Charlotte don't have personal animosity, but I think the story with Becky makes more sense because Becky ultimately was the one that made her, I guess, quote-unquote, it, it still is a debate to this day whether she made her tap out or not at WrestleMania 30, what was it, 35? Yeah, 35. So... But they, but they're saying the reason they're say they're doing that is because they're going to save Becky and Ronda for WrestleMania 39 next year. So, I don't know, I don't know. So I don't, I don't know if the Charlotte and Ronda fits because 
at the same time, I don't know what their, I don't know what their personal animosity is about. You know what I mean? Like that's what I don't know. Okay. All right. So the raw, the raw women's championship, you got Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Personally, I think a lot of people are a little like, I think people really wanted this story to go a little bit differently. Like, you know, she be, you know, she be beyond Rhonda, uh, Rhonda, when Becky came back at uh, what is it, SummerSlam last year, and beat uh, beat Bianca in 26 seconds, I, I think I still think to this day that was kind of a bad move. I'm not saying necessarily that Becky shouldn't have beaten Bianca at SummerSlam, but I definitely don't think it should have happened in 26 seconds. Like that was kind of, I don't think that needed to happen. I think she could have just had a good match with her, and it and it and I'd still would have been okay if Becky had won but it would have been a lot better match and it would have made Bianca look a little stronger and everything. And now it seems like, you know, after that, Bianca just kind of, I, I, I don't even know why they put her in a story really with Dewdrop. I mean, they said that, you know, it was because Dewdrop was, you know, complaining that Bianca kept getting all these chances. Well, Bianca has set herself up to get all these chances. It's not like she's been given them. She's been given the chances. I mean, she's had to compete in matches to become the number one contender. So I don't even understand that storyline didn't even make sense to me. So, so it just seems like she's been dancing around in the inevitable where eventually she would meet Becky again. Uh, and this would be the culmination. And, you know, it's probably not surprising. Bianca's probably going to win at WrestleMania because that was, that would be the only thing that makes sense. But then again, once that happens, it's like I'm. T- I'm just like I'm saying with all the all the decision, all the um, all the titles after after WrestleMania. Where does the champion go after that? You know, even with the Brock and Roman, if that match ends and Roman wins, who's his next opponent coming out of that? I mean, who knows? Same with the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships. Who who challenges them at this point? There's nobody left. <laughs> I mean, you've gone through everybody, right? All right, so then you got the Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, and the Miz and Logan Paul. <laughs> I mean, come on, really? <laughs> Another so this time you got two celebrities competing in the ring at this WrestleMania. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like if you're finding a hard time to fill all these slots for people to wrestle WrestleMania, maybe you shouldn't have gotten rid of most of your wrestlers, right? And to be honest with you, even with them adding these celebrities, I'll just go off on this a little bit. Um, with as little superstars as you do have on the roster. I think WWE, for the first time in history, can actually get everybody on the WrestleMania card, if that if that makes any sense. And and really, if you really sit back and think about that for a second, that's kind of sad, because whoever's left after they put these, I guess they're going to put like what six or seven more matches on this card. If they put six or seven matches more on this card, whoever's left, they can just throw them in a battle royal, and that would put everybody on the on the uh, on the roster on on the card. And I don't I don't know if that's ever happened in history where every single superstar has been on the card. Now, will their matches mean anything? Probably most of them no, but they would still all be on the card. And I I don't know I don't know whether to be impressed or kind of disappointed in that because that's kind of sad that that's that you have so little superstars on all your roster that you could actually technically still get them all on the card and still have celebrities wrestle in your event. So I don't know. Um, so then I already talked about the women's tag team championships. Like I said, you don't really even have a women's tag team division. So I don't, I'm not even sure why you have titles. Um, you got drew McIntyre taking on happy Corbin. Now I, I'm not going to say this is the greatest storyline, but I also think it's gotten to where, like, I don't, 
I guess the biggest issue with it is is Drew McIntyre has been waiting to get his hands on Happy Corbin for like months now. And that's my problem. The prize for Drew McIntyre is to get his hands on Happy Corbin. Now, say that to me. Say that to yourself for a second and say it out loud with me. Drew McIntyre's prize that he's been waiting for for months is to get his hands on a, and get a one-on-one match with Happy Corbin. Does that sound like a a a worthy prize? Now, I I, I loved Baron Corbin when he was in NXT and he was the lone wolf. But ever since he's been at the WWE roster, it's like completely gone downhill. Like I, <laughs> I mean, and they even they even tried to get him over. I mean, they had they, they had him win the Andre the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They had him win Money in the Bank. I think he even won, what was it, the United States title once. So they tried to do some things with him. Some of the things that he actually started, like some of the characters that he started to portray in WWE, I thought were going to go in a great direction, but then they didn't. They didn't go in a good direction. I don't know what happened. Um, so I, if, if I can say there's one thing as a fan I can say is that I don't like how I'm kind of disappointed how they've utilized Baron Corbin. I thought Baron Corbin could be like a much better booked superstar. You know what I mean? So, but the fact that Drew McIntyre, that's his prize at WrestleMania is that he's been waiting to get his hands on happy Corbin for two months. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, just my opinion. You guys might feel different. You guys, and who knows? I mean, I'm sure it'll be a great match, but is it, are you really going to be emotionally invested in it? You know what I mean? Are you going to be, are you just going to be like, wow, okay, this was, this was the culmination of that whole rivalry is just to get a one-on-one match at WrestleMania with the two of them. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys feel different. Hey, that's fine. Whatever. I, I'm not exactly going to be, totally excited about it going in, but Hey, you know what? I, I always go in with an open mind. Maybe they might impress me. Who knows? And like I said, uh, and I, Sammy Zayn, Johnny Knoxville, I'll be honest with you. This, this storyline has not been. And the only reason I won't say it has, hasn't been terrible is just because they've been going back and forth and I don't know, they've been trying to make, you know, something out of nothing, you know, but will I say it's a a, a great storyline? No, I mean, I won't say it is, but, um, and like I said, I was, I was going to be shaking my head majorly if it was going to be for the intercontinental title. Like (laughs) I was really, really panicking about that because I was just like, you're trying to turn the intercontinental title into like the 24 seven title almost, or, or at least equivalent to that. And, you know, Intercontinental title has had a has been a very prestigious title over the years, and you're you weren't going to make it prestigious if number one, first of all, those two were going to be wrestling for it. Nothing against Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is a worthy Intercontinental champion, but I just I, I call it equivalent to um, you know uh, putting the world championship on David Arquette. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I I think last episode I couldn't remember his name, but I just saw the. I just saw the new Scream movie and I just remembered his name. So David Arquette, when they put the world title on David Arquette, I was like, why did that, why did WCW do that? Now I, I'm a big fan of David Arquette as an actor, but him is the world championship world champion in WCW. Come on. What? All right. So yeah, but I'm so glad they didn't put it for the intercontinental title. I'm interested. I guess I'm just, intrigued with just idle curiosity of how this match is going to go down, like what they're actually going to do during this match. I guess that's the only curiosity I have, but other than that, I don't know. 
I don't know what's going to happen. And and who knows? They've they've even talked that they're probably going to let Johnny Knoxville beat Sami Zayn. So who knows? Who knows? All right. So and like I said, I've gone through all the tag team titles. So right now, like I said, ten or eleven matches on the on the card right now. I mean, I'm I, like I said, I'm always one of these people. I try to find the positive, but right now, I'm I'm kind of I'm trying to keep an open mind. I'm trying to be hopeful. I'm trying to I'm hoping this WrestleMania does end up kind of proving my initial thoughts wrong, and that maybe it ends up being a halfway decent event. Um, like I said, I'll continue to maybe do some episodes as we get closer, and obviously I'll do an official preview as well to give you actually my official picks of who I think is going to win. But judging what I've said today, if you've been listening, is it going to really matter who I pick to win? Because where are these people going to go? Because, see, that's that's where my podcast sort of suffers is that now whoever wins all these title matches or whoever wins these matches, I have to decide, you know, or I have to kind of project where I think they're going to go from here. And right now, you know, with most of these titles, because the rosters have been just, you know, have just been, you know, torn into and, and diminished by so much, you know, as far as number of personnel. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And let me even, I'm sorry, I, I, let me touch on the match that I think most people are, I, I don't even know why I haven't mentioned it yet, the match that people didn't even, I haven't even talked about that most people are kind of excited about, and that's the AJ Styles versus Edge match. Okay, that could literally be the best match on the card because um, those are two uh, gifted guys in the in the in the industry. I mean, AJ's been around forever, and I'm sure he'll end up in the WWE Hall of Fame. Edge is already a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know that I liked about what they had they how they had Edge like just become a heel out of nowhere, like that kind. I mean, I kind of understand why they did it because they I guess they you know they want a heel versus a face going into the match, but like. Edge, the, the the previous week, Edge was sitting in the middle of the ring talking about how he's ready for WrestleMania and the crowd was cheering him and he was, you know, who's going to step up and take me on and stuff. And it was kind of a very babyface type, you know, uh, promo. And then the very next week, AJ comes out and accepts the challenge and all of a sudden out of nowhere, Edge turns into the heel Edge and gives AJ a concerto just for accepting the match. <laughs> And just saying, I want the bulldog AJ Styles. I want that. And then just giving him a concerto and and beating him up out of nowhere and becoming a heel. Like, I feel like that was kind of forced. I feel like it was kind of rough. Uh, it was it was rushed. And I don't think it needed to be that way. Because like I said, you still got a few weeks to WrestleMania. So you could you could have actually built that up for a couple weeks maybe. And, and maybe these guys get into some, you know, maybe it starts out as friendly trash talking and then, and then it gets into the little personal stuff and everything, you know, like a, like kind of like AJ did with the undertaker, you know, how AJ kind of called out the undertaker and it's, st- and it gradually went from being kind of respectful to, then he started getting personal with the, with, you know, Michelle McCool, his wife and all that stuff and everything. And it kind of built into what it got it, until it built into what it became the match, the boneyard match. Like, I think they could have done that with edge and edge and AJ as well. Like they could have just built it up to where, it started out as a friendly competition and then maybe boiled over until WrestleMania. And then, then you could decide who was going to be the heel or who was going to be the face, which I think at this point, probably. Yeah. It, I mean, it makes sense. Maybe that edge is the heel and AJ is the face, but really you could have interchanged that too. You could have made AJ the heel and edge the face. I mean, you could have done it. I think you could have done it either way, to be honest with you. So I don't know. So 
I, I can't believe I forgot to talk about that match, but that match is going to be probably one that's probably going to be number one on the card. Uh, prov- uh, even even the matches that they're trying to project that they are still yet to be announced on the card, I still think that match might steal the show. So anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going to continue to to do some more episodes because, like I said, still got some matches that are going to be added, and like I said, I'll do my official preview uh, as we get closer as well. Because what we're about a couple weeks away from uh, from the two night event, and I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to divide my previews into two episodes since you know it's two nights. So, um, but I'll I'll try to decide that as we get as we get a little bit closer. So, um, but anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I'll be back for one down the road uh, for continuing the rough road to WrestleMania and. Uh, and I'll hope to talk to you guys more and we'll, uh, we'll reveal more and sort of pick this apart a little bit more as we go, as we head into, uh, April and WrestleMania. So, uh, until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.